This Week in Agriculture, a production of the Red River Farm Network with a look at markets. I'm Randy Conan. Grain markets put in a very volatile week. AgriSampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith thinks fund liquidation was the market driver for the week. More nervousness on the long side of the market right now. And if we look, the dollar index is kind of driving this. The dollar index has been very quietly rallying off of those lows it put in. And I think that's creating a little bit of commodity. Along with that, there seems to be a lot of excitement around the stock market. We're making new highs on the S&P 500, new record highs uh, close to on the Dow, new record highs on the NASDAQ. So I think some of that speculative money that's in the commodity space is finding its way into the stock market right now. And that's kind of hurting not just the row crops, it's kind of hurting everything else. Global Commodity Analytics and Consulting President Mike Zuzlo says we're seeing these macro markets weigh on the grains as funds liquidate their positions. Zuzlo expects more extreme volatility for these grain markets. I'm really inclined at this stage of the game to think that this is really macro-related fund liquidation. And if so, I think this weather remains, if it remains hot and dry, I would expect another near-record volatility week next week in terms of price action and option volatility because we're doing the same thing that you're doing in your area. I was out in some field scouting just earlier uh, this week, a couple nights ago, north of me, and we're running uh, tassels and we're silking. Half of it's uh, already turning brown. We've got a lot of Japanese beetle pressure, and we've got some you know, corn that is starting to fire on the bottom leaves. And this year's crop has either been very good or very bad. Advanced Trading Risk Manager Ryan Fogel says the big question is, can the good offset the bad? That's a big question. It's, you know, we're probably not going to make a record crop this year, but uh, I think we're going to see there's been plenty of rain out east, so they probably will offset to some extent. And uh, we've been fortunate enough to have good demand. And the thing we got to remember is this market already has rallied. Even though we're not at the highs right now, we've, we've rallied really strong throughout the year. And Corn Belt Marketing market analyst Sam Hudson says right now this market is all about the next weather forecast. You know, just the forecast. I think it's all about that at this point. Um, you look at outside markets, we've had a pretty good recovery in equities after a, a flush early in the week. Same thing with the energy markets. Um, you know, and it, we'll see what uh, what politics have you know around the corner here in terms of the RFS. But it looks like they're just going to punt on it for now. Uh, you know, so for corn demand, you know, on the ethanol usage side, like I said, it just kind of offers a glass ceiling in general for that side of the equation, and that puts a lot of pressure on our you know export expectations into China for next year. Saw general risk off selling on Friday. U.S. Commodities President Don Rose says Friday was more of a risk off type of trading day. These weather maps continue to gyrate uh, back and forth. The latest models do put a little uh, more moisture in the system here, a little bit cooler temperatures. That's in kind of the theme for the whole year. We get this terrific heat from uh, the west coast that moves into the epicenter of the Dakotas, and it spreads out from there, and then it starts to retrograde back a little bit. So um, that's what's supposed to uh, happen again. Livestock markets reacted inversely pretty much to what the corn and soybean markets were doing. AgriSampo North America market analyst Sterling Smith said the livestock markets found a little support ahead of the weekend on lower corn and bean prices. A little bit cheaper feed grain ideas are certainly helping out the feeders. Uh, the live should be doing a little bit better here, I think, and maybe we'll see a little bit of support come in. The stock market continues to rally. Um, some of these COVID uh, Delta variant ideas ease up a little bit. 
that I think might be good for the live cattle here. And that's a look at markets this week in agriculture. I'm Randy Conan. Sarkov's relief spot has been a challenge for sugar beet growers for years. I'm John Samdahl, sales manager with Beta Seed, and I know firsthand the impact Sarkospra has on our growers and their bottom line. That's why I'm excited about a new ally in the battle against Sarkospra. It's a new trait called CR Plus that balances disease tolerance with yields in a way no previous technology has. 60 years in the making, there's innovation bred into every seed. CR Plus is available pending approval in select Beta Seed varieties in our American Crystal Market for the 2022 growing season. Beta Seed, breeding confidence. Providing play-by-play for the business of agriculture. The Red River Farm Network. According to CFTC, I mean, it's a fact that large speculators are, are very, very heavily along the market in, in a historical context. That's about 600 uh, million bushels less than we were anticipating to have on hand. We need to kind of scale back our usage. Numbers are available anywhere. But when you want to know why the market is moving up or down, agriculture's first choice is the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business. With a look at news this week in agriculture, I'm Megan Overby on the Red River Farm Network. The severe drought is expanding in Minnesota, and the impact on farmers was highlighted in an event in Polk County at the Jim and Robin Wrightmeyer Farm, southwest of Crookston. Minnesota Governor Tim Walls got a first-hand look at the impact drought is having on the wheat crop. Walls later spoke to area farmers about the drought that is escalating in the state. I did think that they were very responsive. Secretary, uh, I asked several questions. He called back within 30 minutes. Um, he had the commissioner on with FSA within an hour. So I think they're getting there. I think the frustrating thing, you know, I think for the producers here and for me, is it seems like maybe we would have been able to unlock some of those lands. Now, I've lived this. I know there's rules in place. I know there's smart reasons why they do this. But I think trying to convey that this feels maybe a bit like a once-in-a-generation drought, and maybe we need to approach it that way. So I do... I'm I'm pleased that they're hearing us. I think now what folks here are asking for is we'll be more pleased when we see some action. The governor has spoke to Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack twice in the past week and emphasized the urgency of the situation. Walls does not expect USDA to open CRP for haying or grazing before August 1st, citing a lawsuit that has influenced the process. Drought is also top of mind in nearly every corner of North Dakota. North Dakota State University Vice President for Agricultural Affairs Greg Lardy says in particular livestock producers across the state are being heavily impacted by the ongoing drought conditions. You know, pasture conditions are not good, water supplies are uh, tough, uh, hay crops going to be real short, so a lot of our uh, livestock producers are really working it, uh, trying to figure out well, how they're going to put up enough forage, uh, how they're going to call uh, some of the animals to, uh, you know, make room and uh, kind of make some of these adjustments. Lardy reminds farmers and ranchers that there are a plethora of drought-related resources available through extension. You know, pasture conditions are not good, water supplies are uh, tough, uh, hay crops going to be real short. So a lot of our uh, livestock producers are really working it, uh, trying to figure out well, how they're going to put up enough forage, uh, how they're going to call uh, some of the animals to, uh, you know, make room and uh, kind of make some of these adjustments. North Dakota farmers and ranchers are experiencing a 35 to 40 percent decline in annual forages this year because of drought.
In some cases, that number is even greater. NDSU Extension rangeland and forage specialist Kevin Sedovic says while there is forage available, it may come with a hefty price tag. And so on an average, it looks like, and I made this comment a couple weeks ago, that the state's probably going to produce about a third to 40 percent of the normal forage in 2021. And so for one, to find forage will be difficult. And two, the price is going to be high. And so I've been telling producers, obviously look as best you can, but it's just hard to find feed. And then when you do find it, can you afford it? And so you need to look at all those strategies. Should I be feeding cattle or should I be selling cattle? And it's just, it's, it's going to be a tough year for a lot of producers because forage is just so limited. The House Agriculture Committee is marking up a bill that would extend the life of the WIP Plus program. Combest Cell and Associates Managing Partner Tom Cell says the disaster bill being marked up will cover 2020 and 2021 disasters. It includes all the causes of loss uh, from the previous whips and then also expands that a little bit like on the drought side. So that it's not just B3 or more, which is kind of an arbitrary. Well, it's not arbitrary. It's very scientific. But, you know, sometimes things don't follow, droughts don't follow county lines exactly. And so there's there were some real challenges there. And that's been a look at news this week in agriculture. For the Red River Farm Network, reporting agriculture's business, I'm Megan Overby. The North Dakota mill has been producing northern-grown spring wheat and durum flour since 1922. The mill now adds value to more than 30 million bushels per year. North Dakota mill employees take pride in the highest quality spring wheat and durum wheat products for the baking and pasta industries. Look for Dakota-made flour in 5, 10, and 25-pound packages, as well as pancake and bread machine mixes. Spring wheat and durum flour, superior quality, is what separates the North Dakota mill from the competition. From Roseau to Aberdeen and Benson to Rugby, we cover agriculture here on... Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is big business and we cover it that way with markets, market analysis, crop progress reports, USDA crop and supply demand reports, farm policy and trade issues. We focus on the news that drives the markets. If it affects your bottom line, you'll hear about it here on the Red River Farm Network. Go online to rrfn.com. You'll find news, podcasts, weather and more. This week in weather. The latest drought monitor from the Drought Mitigation Center has not changed much from last week for North Dakota and South Dakota, but did expand greatly in Minnesota. The large portion of extreme or D3 or exceptional D4 drought in central North Dakota has not changed. The portion of north central Minnesota that is in the D3 or extreme drought category expanded greatly. It now reaches from the Lake of the Woods area into the heart of central Minnesota. Nearly all of Minnesota is experiencing D2 or D3 drought conditions. The National Ag Statistics Service says North Dakota's topsoil moisture is 86% short to very short. For Minnesota, 78% short to very short. And for South Dakota, it's 84%. Early this past spring, NDSU Extension was forecasting a 20 to 25% reduction in forage production. Given the extreme drought conditions, those numbers were underestimated. NDSU Extension Rangeland and Forage Specialist Kevin Sedevic says conditions were so severe early on that many parts of North Dakota never recovered. And so on an average, it looks like, and I made this comment a couple weeks ago, that the state's probably going to produce about a third to 40% of the normal forage 
in 2021. And so for one, to find forage will be difficult. And two, the price is going to be high. And so I've been telling producers, obviously look as best you can, but it's just hard to find feed. And then when you do find it, can you afford it? And so you need to look at all those strategies. Should I be feeding cattle or should I be selling cattle? And it's just, it's, it's going to be a tough year for a lot of producers because forage is just so limited. A few wheat fields are being cut in the Britain, South Dakota area. Dwayne Bussey says early yield reports are widely variable. It doesn't surprise me at all. I think it's going to be big-time variability out there. And a smaller crop in general, no doubt, but we're also at 930 today for a price in September wheat. So it's, we're, we're paying up for the smaller supplies, no doubt. Crookston, Minnesota farmer Tim Dufo says more moisture would be welcome. We had a hundredth of an inch yesterday with the two shots that came across, but uh, really that's the first rain since July 4th, and July 4th we only hit about 300. So the month of July has been extremely dry. I'm about at 3.8 inches for the whole season. Uh, yeah, it's just been a really tough, hot, dry summer. CHS Ag Services sales agronomist Grant Wanarovich out of the Warren area thinks the smoke from the Canadian fires has helped the crop stay off of the heat stress. Weirdly enough, I think it's a blessing. Um, it could be 95 right now to 100, and, and we're sitting in the mid-70s to low 80s with high humidity. Uh, hopefully that humidity will bring in some rain showers and, and keep this crop moving along. Overall, things are holding in decent. You know, there's tough areas. Um, but the crop looks better than I expected. And if we can get fortunate and catch some rain here, I think we're still uh, still on our way to a decent crop. For the first six months of the year, the precipitation levels have been well below average in spring wheat growing areas. Temps also warmer than average. Spring wheat crop condition ratings right now at the lowest since 1988. BASF Ag Solutions Advisor Matt Smith says some of the early planted canola has seen uneven emergence while the later planted crop is starting to see heat stress. Yeah, what I would look for is, is a lot of guys with the dry conditions early, we seeded pretty deep. And so we've got some fields that have some uneven stands. And it's definitely an issue I see going forward just in relation to the, the, the conditions early to uh, what we're going to experience at harvest. I'm Don Wick, this week in weather. This is a wake-up call for you and your field's microbiome from Source by Sound Agriculture. Source is a revolutionary chemistry approach that doesn't rely on bulky nutrients or finicky biologicals to wake up your soil and unlock more corn from less than an ounce of application per acre. It's like caffeine for microbes. Source works with the soil you've already got and the equipment you already use. So if you're a grower, go to sound.ag and learn more. And if you're a microbe, time to rise and shine. Potato News is back. Join the Red River Farm Network every Thursday for updates on crop conditions, potato markets, policy, and more. Potato News is presented by BASF's Zidua Herbicide for residual weed control, Gowan USA, and Corteva AgriScience. That's Potato News every Thursday on the Red River Farm Network. We're reporting agriculture's business.